I can't tell if I just started or not. I see it. That's life. Should we start it again? Yeah, let's start it again. And this time we'll be I'll be a little bit less meandery. <laughs> you are listening to Rouge White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Okay, hi, and welcome to another episode of the Bruce White Blue. Take two this time. I'm Oz Davis, I'm the co-host of the show, and joining me as always is my co-host, Joe Bridget. Joe, how are things out there in Wisconsin this week? About the same as it was 10 minutes ago before we discovered the recording. Yeah. Yet, yet. But thankfully, uh, I spent most of the time blathering out about nonsense, so... I guess that's lost to the ether and you actually get to hear something interesting, maybe. Oh, boy. Okay, now you're being optimistic. We're going to talk some CFL football last week, CFL football this week, but a couple of items first off the top. For those folks who who have listened to this show and for those folks who who know my takes on these things, uh, for me, the, the top story of the week was... They announced this on Friday, I believe, during the Winnipeg game, first game of the week, that Rod Black, one of the former voices of the CFL on TSN, uh, so-called the voice of the NBA on TSN, I guess the voice of the Raptors, maybe specifically, uh, has resigned from that network, effective immediately, I guess, because he won't be doing any more CFL games anymore. the announcement came that he had retired, to which, of course, the only possible response is Joe. Or is he? <laughs> or did he? <laughs> is he? Is he actually retired? Um, one of my favorite, uh, I guess, account. Let me do that one again. One of my favorite Twitter accounts on. Shit. <laughs> I swear to God, we're going to get through this joke. One of my favorite CFL Twitter accounts, so-called Not Rod Black. I don't know where he's going to go from here with that name. Uh, Had a good line on this upon the announcement, which was, quote, the fact I'm announcing my retirement the same year as Luke Tasker is purely a coincidence. Or is it? Again, thank you, Not Rod Black, for that. Joe, any thoughts on uh, Mr. Black here fading into the sunset? 30 years, I guess. 30 years on TSN. Yes, and it's, a, it's an impressive run. And uh, to be honest, he had quite he was quite the Swiss Army knife for TSN. I can't actually fathom why they're letting him go um, because he could do so much. Um, I, he, he was never a favorite of the CFL Twitter world, of course, but uh, to be able to do anything ranging from CFL football to figure skating to, to be the voice of the Raptors, that takes a little bit of talent, to be sure. Um, and he also has a chance to go, I guess at this point, maybe follow his son around a little bit in the minor leagues of the Milwaukee Brewer system and uh, root him on to becoming uh, the Brewer's savior in about five years, hopefully. <laughs> so, okay, because of course, one of Rod's uh, 
picadillos, let's say, through the years was to always be pointing that out, be pointing out, you know, so-and-so is the son of so-and-so, right? So-and-so is so-and-so's father and whatnot, right? Does he do this? Like, does he go to games and then speak of his son in the third person like that? Like, you know, did you know he's the father? His father is Rod Black, the former voice at TSN. You know what? That's what's going to happen in my head when that guy hits his first home run for the first. Exactly. I get the feeling like he's going to make his major league debut. They're going to bring Rod up to the booth. Are you proud of your son? Well, did you know? He's good. He's just going to launch into it like he never left. Oh, I wonder if he knows Spanish because they, uh, they, the, uh, Tell the um, remember our, our friend Kevin Holden, friend of the show, who right. does the Telemundo games, uh, the Sunday home games. Maybe it's a Sunday home game, and maybe we find out Rod Black knows Spanish. <laughs> well, I will say this about Rod Black this has always been my theory as to why he seems to get a disproportionate amount of the Alouettes games is his French accent is amazing. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine how he sounds speaking it. But I mean, it's it's flawless. I mean, he's he's really good at uh, at the French. And I mean, you know, I know that the education in Canada is you get it from grade one. It's the other language that you don't speak. Da 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 da. da but still, some folks have it, some folks don't. And uh, he's really got at least the accent down. I don't know how his grammar is and such, but he can say those French words very well. Uh, in any case, let's move on. Don't want to spend too much time on that. But earlier in the week, Joe, uh, you showed us a bit. I didn't know this before, and I learned this in the first take of the show, that this is part of your beat decorating process for your, uh, what is it, informal Winnipeg Hall of Fame? In, well, not, not even so much that, although really sitting here and staring out at it, it's like, hmm, this is a little bit more loaded with Canadian stuff than probably should be in a basement in Wisconsin. But you know what? I've never been normal, so I'm just going to move on from that. Um, yeah, so I moved into the new house in January of 2020. The world came to an end or tried to anyway in March. So we didn't spend a whole lot of time putting stuff on the walls i had I, i've got a few things up uh, but i did spend the quality amount of time last sunday uh, the sunday 10 days ago from when you're listening to this most likely the not the most recent one but the one before getting a lot of stuff on actually on the walls and building up the mantle to have a lot more knickknacky stuff and one of the things that i actually happen to have and i've had for a long time is a is a um it's like a plaque type thing that holds nine different sports cards. And for probably the last so it's decade, like a wooden plaque? Yeah, it's a wooden plaque. It's nice. And, and then you could slide out the the holders of the cards and put in new ones and slide them back in. Um, I've had that for forever. And for like wow, the last that's, 10 that's years. Really dope. That's yeah. really cool. And for like the last 10 years, I've had the 2003 Pacific set um their division collision insert set the one where the the pacific car company showed that they didn't know canadian geography very well and put 
Hamilton in the east and Saskatchewan in the west. So it made for a little bit of an interesting display, but it was like the one full set of things I had to do to put in that. So instead of going and finding a full set of something like that around, I was just bouncing around Amazon, I want to say, that same night and came across some CFL cards. And uh, those are the ones that you wanted me to talk about. And yeah. I was now, able to pull hold, down. Hold on, Go I'm, ahead. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you here for a second. Now, uh, I'm looking at this tweet in which you show the five cards. Were these the only five you bought? Did you buy them individually? Like, how did how can folks find these older kind of cards on Amazon? Well, I just put in a search for cfl football or cfl or something like that okay and just kind of went around and looked around a bit it wasn't okay it didn't take a it didn't take a i didn't spend days on this or anything i spent like a (laughs) half hour so what did you um did you buy like 200 and these are just the best ones or no i literally bought five i literally bought the five that i posted um three came from one seller two came from another okay so you, bought you look singles, at this though, that's cool. I, I bought singles. I just I was looking for something else. I want to eventually get all nine teams represented with a card that I really like from that team. And I really just don't have much of a game plan, but I also didn't spend a ton of money on these five. I did pull in a jersey card of Matt Nichols and Winnipeg Blue Bombers gear. Mm-hmm. Um Adam Big Hill and Kevin in Lions gear and Kevin Glenn and Alouette's gear. Um, I believe the, all three of those were from the 2016 upper deck set. And the last two were the OPG um, insert set they had. And then the other two were different cards of Dave Ridgeway, who, if you've been a long time follower of the show, you know that I have far more of an attachment to than anybody should have given that. I didn't see a live CFL game until after he had retired. So, um, but the story go, if you want that, that full story, go back to our episode 100 where we have an interview with him and the whole story is explained that way. OPG, that brings back memories for me because that was, they had sort of a strange relationship with tops which recently went out of business, I understand. Recently went bankrupt or something because they lost the uh, contract with Major League Baseball. But uh, Topps used to be the monopoly on baseball cards and really sports cards and even non-sports cards in the U.S. And they had sort of a weird relationship with a distributor in Canada called OPG. And OPG printed more or less the same cards we had in America. Every once in a while, they'd print them after a trade had been made. So you'd get the same picture on the card you got in America, but then you'd have the new team, the banner or whatever uh, that he was currently on. So once in a while, I got an update. Uh, for some guys that were from Canada, they changed the back uh, a little bit, some of the information on the back uh, to note their Canadian uh, status and stuff like that. Are you old enough? to remember like buying packs oh yeah i mean I got that was it. still around when you were a kid okay that was still now, around I, I i grew up in the junk wax era where all the stuff okay. i got growing up isn't it doesn't it, it 
it, it's not gonna make me rich which is great because i played played with these things like yeah. crazy so great i didn't i didn't yeah. cost myself a mint or anything yeah yeah i was always terrible about that i always like fondled them and shuffled them and played with them so much you know i just I just didn't care about mint condition and whatnot. So, okay, now you were growing up in Wisconsin. Did any of the OPGs ever leak down? Yes, from time to time. Oh, nice. Usually in nice. enough so that I knew what they were. I wasn't buying packs or anything, but if you bought it like a variety pack, a random pack that's right. repacked, and right. in those days, I didn't care where they came from because I had a dice game that just needed the average and home runs. That's all I cared about. What what brand it was? Who cares? Mm-hmm. Right, I saw yeah. a few of those, and it was interesting. It was definitely interesting to see something nice. from not here, and that's yeah. about as far as that ship sailed at that point. <laughs> yeah, you could do that in those days, and and you know we were kids. We didn't really know that the OPGs were less valuable or that they were cruder or whatever. You know, it was just sort of again like the CFL itself, kind of an exotic item for like American kids into sports. Uh, very interesting history there. So, okay. Um, which of these, so, so you probably did a search for players. Which, which no, not you? even, not even that. I just kind of was cruising around. There's an, there's an, a whole lot on Amazon as far as individual sellers go. I did find like, once I found a seller that had something I liked, I checked what else they had. And I found two sellers that had stuff I was looking for. So mm-hmm. it worked out. Okay. Um, just one last question about the cave itself or the room itself, the den. Um, no USFL stuff? Not yet. Um, okay. I do have, I have a, like 18 various hats, not, not, a, not a full season set of any given season. So it doesn't really display great, but I've got those for, someday and i've had those for half my life so i don't know what i'm ever going to do with them but i have them i've got that little i've got that little mini football that's like the little plastic right. promotional things that's in that's put away because i have a three-year-old that likes to go around and grab things that's not something i want him to grab for a long long time right. if ever um that's so the stuff story. yep some of daddy's toys are put away right now so that's right <laughs> No, but I do have, I do have um, up on the mantle uh, one of the mugs with our logo on it, one of the mugs with the Alouette Flight Deck logo on it, couple of, couple of hats, um, got that John Carter signed football, a couple of mini helmets, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. All right, rouge, white, and blue paraphernalia, which yes. you can get, which you can get at tinyurl.com/slash/rwbshop. So or if you don't even want to think of think that hard about it, just go find our just go find our Twitter account, RWB Podcast, and the pinned tweet links you straight to the store. Oh yeah, there you go. Our stuff looks great. We have some stuff. Let's talk about some games. All right. Last week, just three games on the slate. However, a couple of quite revealing. Well, maybe just one quite revealing game, and. Perhaps more importantly, Joe, you had to have gone three and zero, right? I did. All right, it's a see? miracle. See, see now, just when you made a big deal last week about fading, about going opposite to you, 
that's the week when you hit three and oh. So again, people shouldn't listen to you. <laughs> well, uh, that's my advice position on that kind of thing. And it has been for quite some time. So I'm not surprised the rest of the world, rest of the world is caught up. Okay. All right, let's talk. Uh, Friday game was Winnipeg Blue Bombers 26, Edmonton Elks 16. Uh, the Elks covered a 14-point spread in this game, but it sure didn't look like it, never scoring double digits in any one quarter. Uh, the Bombers, again, got off to a slow start, at least as far as the scoreboard is concerned. 10-8 at half, 16-16 after three quarters. But the Bombers, D, just shut the Alex out. Fourth, 10-0, ball game over. Uh, Kenny Lawler returned, had, I think, four catches for about 90-some-odd yards. Still leads the league in receiving. Bombers still lead the West. They're not one. Clinched a playoff spot. Um, I guess... Joe, is there, <clears throat> were you ever in doubt? Was I ever truly worried? Yes. Not really. I would have liked to have the spread happen a lot sooner <laughs> because I am the, generally the nervous type, but I just didn't, I didn't have the feeling Edmonton was going to finish. And Winnipeg has shown that that's one thing they can do very, very well. Oh, and as shoot. soon as they went ahead, I'm like, that's ball game. They're, Edmonton's not scoring again. Mm. Now, mind you, I'd have liked it if the final field goal would have happened with 10 minutes to go instead of like 10 seconds or what have you. But, <laughs> you know, got to keep it interesting, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. Um, let's see. For... I guess for the Elks, it's more of the same. Uh, not much to say there. T T Taylor Cornelius started uh, 17 and 49, 187 yards at a touchdown. You know, I think the Edmonton season is done. That's been our contention for a little while. So I wanted to skip that middle game, the Montreal game, and go right to the final game of last year, uh, which you know, of course, I think was a real wake-up call, a real uh, signal to the CFL. Calgary Stamp Peters, 39 at BC Lions, 10. Of course, this happens, the show after I pumped up Michael Riley's, you know, upticking performance of the past few weeks, proving that nobody should listen to me either. Uh, in this game, he just got crushed by the Stamp Peters defense. Didn't even follow out the game, uh, finish out the game. By the way, the St. Peter's defense, I went through and looked at this today because I thought something was up, has allowed just one touchdown in the past five games combined. In fact, the offense has allowed more touchdowns in those five games than the defense. So that's how well they're playing, by the way, folks, in case you hadn't noticed. Um, Bo Levy Mitchell looked like himself again, 22 of 32, 270 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, nine different pass catches. Rock Thomas had a special teams touchdown, 101-yard return. The Stamps are now 5-5 five and five in third place with a very big bullet. Joe, as a Bombers fan, are you looking over your shoulder yet? 
We'll see him in Winnipeg on December 5th. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, seriously, does this game establish the Stamps as unquestionably the second best team in the West, I, if not the league? I would say so. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the rough start. It's expected that teams wouldn't have it all together early on. I didn't expect some teams to still not have it together, like, say, Edmonton or what have you. But Calgary took a lot longer to get going than I thought because I thought their their coaching staff and what they had around would have been able to get off to a faster start and take advantage of some inexperience. But to be fair, Calgary's got a lot of inexperience in their lineup too, but they're coming together and right. the – they're five and five. Saskatchewan's five and four, but Calgary's already got that season series. Saskatchewan stumbles one more time, and they're caught. That's that's all there is to it. Because I don't see. And next week, Saskatchewan and Calgary. That might <laughs> that it might be done by then. I yep. just don't. And then Calgary has Ottawa at BC, which is obviously not a roadblock. And home against Winnipeg, who's going to have very, very little to play for. So if they if they still got the riders on their tails, they should be able to shake them by that. Doubt it. I mean, it, look, if the Stamps win next week, that's it. Right. That's it. <laughs> so the riders are done. You know, hold on to third place. But that, that's that's it. I mean. You know, as as I do every year, I point out that the Stamps start slow. Well, this year, they really outdid themselves. Like you just said, Joe, um, you know, they started with a lot of inexperienced players, a lot of new players to the team, a lot of new starters, um, you know, maybe guys that were on the team in 2019. I have to think about what year that was in 2019, but hadn't actually got starters yet. Um, and now they're finally rounding into shape. I mean, they start two and five this season. And you've got to think that they're a legitimate Grey Cup threat. They Pretty absolutely are because the way they're going right now, they're going to host the West Semi. And they're going to be going into it more or less hot. I mean, they could go into it blazing hot, but even if they slow down a little bit, they'll still have have had put together a better second half than their whoever they're going to be facing, uh, be it Saskatchewan or BC. And then they go, and then they got one, and then they got a one, in, and then they got a one game, one game playoff into the Grey Cup against in Winnipeg against Winnipeg, which isn't exactly what anybody wants to do, especially early in December, but it's one game. Anything can happen in one game. You can easily see a path to Cal- for Calgary to the Great Cup this year. Uh, it would be nice, though, if that, if that Western final is the Stamps versus the Bombers because that's the last two champs, right? Yeah, I had to reach way back for that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, like, oh, gee, when did the Stamps win? Oh, yeah, 2018. Right. Finally, the middle game of last week, probably the least substantial at all. But as an Alouettes fan, I'm glad to have notched this one. 
just get it in the books. Mandra Alouette's 27, Ottawa Red Black 16. Not too unexpected result. Uh, now starting quarterback Matt Schultz looked fine, except on the one interception, which sort of reminded us about the Adam-esque style of play that we've had this season, uh, except he wasn't running. Well, actually threw it. Um, William Sandback missed the game due to food poisoning. So it was a late scratch there. Sorry, fantasy owners. Uh, Cameron R's pain was yeah, decent. Not as awesome as Sandback, but, you know, four and a half yards per carry. That's that's fine. That's fine. Um, do we... Did we gain anything from this game, Joe? Any knowledge? At least the Alouettes are now in second place. Well, we do know that Ottawa is likely going to be starting Caleb Evans, but we'll have to dress Duck Hodges next week uh, because of an injury to Karen Christensen. Uh, I just I think it'd be more appropriate if Ottawa would start uh, Hodges because he has the most appropriate name that he could possibly have behind this offensive line. It's what he's going to have to do quite often because uh, mm-hmm. Caleb Evans got got the crap kicked out of him, and so did Taron Chris, Christensen. So uh, until they get that fixed, we can talk all we want about quarterbacks. It doesn't matter who's back there. Well, gee, just think next year they'll have Schultz back there. <laughs> right, that's possible say the Alouettes stumble into the Great Cup. You know, suppose they upset Toronto at home, who's still uh, undefeated at home, I believe, Toronto is. Uh, let's, say, let's say they upset Toronto at home, they stumble into the Great Cup with Schultz as quarterback. That's the pattern. That's the pattern. Next year, he'll be playing on some other team that needs a quarterback. And as you just in, implied, Joe, there ain't no team that needs a quarterback more than the Red Blacks. No, I mean, not right now. They signed Tom Placco today, I believe, uh, to, to aid in their quarterback depth, uh, mostly because their quarterbacks keep getting knocked out with injuries. Exactly. All right, let's go on. Let's, let's talk week 12 games beginning on Friday with Toronto Argonauts. One-point favorites at Montreal. Very interesting line here. Uh, I presumably William Stanback is is returning, or that was a serious bout of food poisoning. Toronto is coming off of the bye after a win that put them into the number two spot in the CFL. They were the kind of hot team going into the bye. So what do you think? Do they come out well-prepared, or do they come out cooled off? Well, I... I it's hard to say. Uh, I did think Toronto was going to stumble a lot more than they have this year because right. of inexperience in the coaching staff, but uh, that's clearly not been a problem for them. Um, I, I sit, I'm sitting here trying to think of a reason why Toronto's not going to win this game, and I can't think of any. So I'm going to go with Toronto on this one. Okay. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to have faith with Montreal. I'm going to hope that Schultz made believers out of the offense. Um, I'm going to hope that the defense looks as sharp as it has these past few weeks. And uh, yeah, I'm going to say Montreal defense home turf here. Okay, now here's, to me, this is one of the more interesting lines of the week. Okay, so we've got Ottawa Red Blacks getting 14 and a half at Hamilton. Now, I suppose that comes from the uncertainty of who's the quarterback. 
I just wonder, okay, Hamilton's coming out of the bye, so so you have to like their preparedness, presumably, for this game. But again, like all year I've been wondering where the point's coming from in Hamilton. Well, they're not going to need many. They might only need 14 to begin with, to be fair. So <laughs> uh, I just, yeah, Hamilton hasn't impressed me all year, but they also haven't been a team that has gotten blown, gotten their doors blown off either, right? They're kind of just there. And there is enough to make Ottawa, to, to send Ottawa to two and nine. Hamilton only have four and five right now. <laughs> well, here's a funny thing too. They've got a plus thirteen point differential. Toronto's yeah. got a minus six. Right, <laughs> and it's yeah. a two point gap in the standings. The opposite way of what you would think looking at that. Right, and Toronto is still the only team that's beaten Winnipeg. <laughs> you know, just 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 for that added oddity there. Um, I was actually just going to notice that too because I was looking at stuff. I was just going to mention that because I was looking at stuff like that today too. Uh, the other thing that really jumps out at you is, I mean, just look at Ottawa. I mean, they're giving up what thirty points a game. <laughs> That's insane, you know. And it's consistent too. They're giving up points to everybody. Uh, when, but I mean, the only reason why Montreal only went for twenty-seven is because of the new quarterback last week. I mean, that was below the average number of points they're letting up this season. So uh, here's now here's another interesting line. It didn't take long for the faith to be lost in BC after it was regained. BC, oh, by the way, I'm going to Hamilton in that game. I really wish I could say that Ottawa's going to cover, but I just don't know enough about that quarterback. So I got to go chalk there. You're going chalk there too, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. Here's another one for you. BC Lions are coming into Winnipeg as 11 and a half point underdogs. Sergio Castillo, Joe's new hero, is now with the Bombers. Well, not, 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 not necessarily my new hero, uh, <laughs> but yes, a, a, a good kicker, one that you can rely on. Uh, he's, however, John Frazier's hero, and John and Joe Gasson do the right. uh, three down green cast, and I believe they're recording later tonight. So make sure you get on that in on that because John Frazier has had a man crush on uh, Sergio Castillo since the first time Castillo was a bomber <laughs> in 2015. So you can just imagine how excited he'll be tonight. Uh, he'll, he'll be able to guys over. Sergio Castillo, even though ostensibly it's a Riders uh, podcast. It's actually an emergency podcast specifically for this. Oh, really? Oh, that's okay. Great. That's awesome. That's fantastic. All right. John Fraser is definitely one of my favorite uh, podcasters in CFL podcast land. So I'm totally looking forward to that. Now, of course, Sergio is replacing the latest have a go at the position, Ali Mortado, who had gone eight of 15 in his four games. So, damn it, what's up with the Bobbers fixing the one problem that they had? This isn't fair. Okay, so I presume that you're taking Winnipeg in the game. I presume you figure they're going to cover a touchdown and a half. But what I want to know is, Joe, what would you set as the over-under on points for Sergio? Because I honestly believe that, especially in the second half, if they've got a decent lead, 
that they're going to let him kick all 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 night. Uh, I'm going to say 0.5 in the under because he's not going to be in town for this week, and then they have the bye, oh. and after that he'll be around. But yeah, yeah, yeah I get yeah. I get your point. So even for Mortada, I would say eight's going to be your over under. Okay, that would be the week after. All right, do you have Winnipeg covering the 11 and a half? I think have no do. doubts about it because uh, okay. BC's offense couldn't do anything when they were at home against the Bombers. What what makes you think they're going to come into Winnipeg and start lighting it up? Do you see Winnipeg taking the foot off the pedal at all? They did for like they did for the last couple. I would say last week they took the their foot off the pedal. That wasn't the best showing that they've had all season. I'm sure they're going to be pretty pissed off about that showing, actually. Yeah. And it's telling that they won by ten on the road, and they didn't. And they know that they didn't have their best game. That's where the Edmonton Elks organization is right now. Can't they clinch the West this week? So, our favorite seg- segment of the show: playoff scenarios. All right, let's get into playoff scenarios. All right, we'll have the sample here first. Okay, great. Hit us, Joe. Okay, so <laughs> nothing can happen in the East with the playoffs this week. No team can clinch. Out West, a Winnipeg win clinches first place in the division. They host the Western Final on December 5th. That's all they have to do is win? All they have to do is win. Now, there are a couple of different scenarios, too, involved uh, if they happen to lose. Right. If Saskatchewan also loses... Winnipeg clinches a home playoff date, which means they've clinched at least second place. Okay. Now, Winnipeg lost by less than 21 points, and a Calgary loss also means Winnipeg clinches a home playoff date. Okay. And they can't both, Saskatchewan and Calgary can't both lose because they're playing each other. So, although, to be fair, Winnipeg fans probably hope, hope they both can lose. So. That's right, yeah. That's the old grumpy cat thing. I hope both teams lose. Yeah. Do you have a tie in your scenarios? They did not talk about ties in this scenario. (laughs) I would assume that means a tie doesn't quite clinch for them regardless. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You would have to think that literally the only way Winnipeg can't win the West is if they lose out. Well, they have to. And, and Calgary wins out. They win one game and they play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be the only way because Winnipeg would have to lose the next three or four and then and then lose that final game against Calgary as well. And in Calgary theory, in theory Saskatchewan could catch them too by winning, wow. winning out and having Winnipeg lose out. But the same thing. Both either Saskatchewan or Calgary yeah. would have to win out and Winnipeg would have to lose out. Yeah, and then Winnipeg still makes the playoffs. They you make the playoffs mean? as a two seed in that scenario because one of their competitors is getting for the two seed is getting knocked off, knocked off this week. Yeah, they've got second place clinch as long as they don't lose by more than twenty one points by the end of this week because Saskatchewan or Calgary is going to lose. Right, right, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Here's another one for you. We're totally off the subject of picking these games now. What would it be like if the Bombers had won that Toronto? So if they were 10-0 and 0 
if they were 10 and 0 right now, would they would they be going for the the undefeated? Would would they be going for the 14 and 0, do you think? I don't think Michael Shea takes the takes the foot off the pedal. Yeah. In that scenario. Okay. I don't think he does. I mean, he I mean he probably he probably pulls a few starters here and there in the fourth quarter of games that they're ahead a decent amount of more than more so than he does now, which is hardly ever. But that's about as far as you could probably get him to go until they've lost a game. And in in reality, they already have, so they don't have that to play for. So I could see the last couple games of the season being a little bit preseason esque in that a few of your backups are going to get it substantial time as opposed to the starters. So I could see Andrew Harris not dressing for the final game, given that he's had the injury problems this year, things like that. Okay. Message for the Bombers, message for Bombers fans. I don't care. I don't care how many more games you win. I don't care if you want to be undefeated at home this season, just lose one of those games to Montreal. That's all I'm asking. Just give us one of those. You got two games with us. I just want one. Just give us the one in Montreal. Okay, that's all we need. That's all I'm asking. All right, we need that for playoff positioning. I make no promises. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Okay, so no, beat Calgary in the last game. You know, give us that 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 ultimate we can get. That's what we. uh, Okay. So finally, we're rounding out the weekend. I'm starting to think that these that these odd half a point point spreads are just a bookmark for the real bets to come in. Uh, we have Saskatchewan, which ostensibly is a half point favorite at Calgary, which makes absolutely zero sense. Uh, as far as I can see, the two main things going for the Riders of bye week, and that the Stamps ultimately really don't need this win as much as the riders do right uh we just went through a bunch of playoff scenarios and the fact that calgary destroyed well they didn't actually destroy saskatchewan they won by six points or three points but the fact that calgary won both of those games with only one more play um you know just indicates that saskatchewan loses this game they can pretty much kiss second place goodbye oh and he and he and here's another thing, too. They would have lost two games to Winnipeg and three games to Calgary. Yeah. They would have gotten uh, swept by their two biggest rivals. Some Saskatchewan <laughs> fans consider Calgary their biggest rivals for reasons. Um, but yeah, 0-5 against their two biggest rivals, that wouldn't sit very well in uh, as Saskatchewan at all. And five games out of 14. Right, so that's more than one third of the schedule. Sure, of course they're five and zero against the rest of the league, but they they would trade it. I'm sure they would absolutely trade it. Oh yeah, and I guess because of the oddities of the schedule this season, Saskatchewan actually gets Calgary three times in a row. Now, right, because they had the bye. Right. Everything is trending toward Calgary. Uh, they just added cornerback Trey Roberson as well to, you know, and, and again, this is a guy who was on that last Stan Peters championship team. You know, this team is now loaded for bear. This team is the one 
that looks more like the team that people were picking for the Grey Cup at the beginning of the year. Is the fact that Saskatchewan is facing this team for the third time in four weeks with a bye, is that enough? Because I just am not sure that the talent is. Nope, they're going on the road and they're facing a team that has put it together. I don't see it. Okay, okay. Now, consider this. If things go the way that they look, that means that Saskatchewan is going to Calgary in the playoffs. Could Calgary actually beat them four times this season? Yes, but then at that point, if you're if you're if you have the Riders sitting at five and five, uh, we have to ask our old buddy Rod Black, or are they going to Calgary? <laughs> That's right. In the playoffs, they're going to Calgary, or are Maybe. they? Maybe. <laughs> It's not, that's yeah. not a sure thing at that point. Be it a crossover or be it that then they've got to then they've got to make sure they stay ahead of BC, which isn't which isn't a guarantee. I mean, BC does have a tough road coming up for the rest of the season, but it doesn't yes. get it doesn't it it does get substantially easier for Saskatchewan, I believe in the in the state because I believe they have Edmonton twice, but. They drop one of those, and then they got to start looking over their shoulder. Okay. I've got an interesting scenario for you as well. How about this? Okay, so you could have Saskatchewan, Calgary, BC, Montreal, and Hamilton all finish at 7-7. Seven seven. Mm-hmm. Do you happen to know how that – okay, well, obviously Calgary would win a tiebreaker over the Riders – in that scenario, even though the riders would have to beat them, that would be part of the scenario. How would how would BC Lions work? Everybody seven and seven. So let's talk about right. the East first because that's the easier part. Okay. Both teams make the playoffs because we're assuming Toronto is above that, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this scenario, Toronto would have. To so Montreal and Hamilton are two and three, and whoever has a tiebreaker between the two of them hosts, and that's that's simple. I would have to do a little bit of digging as to how a three-team tiebreaker got squared away here. Well, Calgary would have to. Calgary, I think, wins the tiebreakers with everybody. Which is quite possible, because here's what the rules say. So, you take the three teams. The obvious first tiebreaker has, has won the greater number of games played against all member clubs, which means a team with two ties is going to be eliminated right. over a team that doesn't have any, right? Because then right. you have the same amount of points, but the ties count lesser in the tiebreaking scenario. Um, so then you start talking about how they did against all three, the three teams that are tied. It's the higher winning percentage in all games played against all the other tied clubs. So Calgary obviously um, seems like they have the edge there. Let's assume they do, because I don't know how the math would all work to make it all seven and seven. Do you happen to have it in front of you, or? Well, I think they're four and one, right? If they are, this, well then case, who? Well then who's two and one against Saskatchewan and two and zero against BC? So who's the lowest? Because they get eliminated at this stage. Oh, I see. Oh, so you make a little standings board. With yes, just you those do. three teams. Right. Oh, I see. Ooh, and, and in just those, uh, just against each other. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's neat. Okay. Gee, I'm kind of hoping for that now. 
<laughs> I've gotten hope in Saskatchewan Mints this week. Okay, that's interesting. And so the the Hamilton Montreal is that's just head to head. It would it'd be head to head. I don't know how many times okay. they play each other. It would be head to head, and then it doesn't matter because it, that would just determine uh, home field. Right, that would determine home field. Right, your no your three your three team scenario would determine who's fourth and who loses the, the that the playoff spot altogether because they the crossover would be not not available to them at that it's point. It's not going to happen. Right. right. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. Okay. Can you believe we're already two thirds of the way through? It's going too fast. Yeah, we come, we come to this point every season, but I was looking at that today. I was like, holy hell, that's right. They, they, some of these teams only have four games left. So this is like, wow. Okay, in any case, well, um, enjoy the few games left as things come more into shape for the playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Joe, do you have any other uh, words of wisdom for us before we go? You know, uh, and it was something I actually... I've been talking to a few people about uh, with Broad Black being gone from TSN now. How do they go forward? It seems like you got Dustin Nielsen out west. It seems like they've got Rod Smith out east as their two headliners. But we've also seen Varhan Lalji call a game now, and we've seen Marshall Ferguson call a game or two. Yeah. So I wonder how that plays out because they've always had. They always seem to have, uh, they always had Cuthbert tended to be out West. And I'm not sure if that was geographical or if it was just simply because the best teams were out West for the last five or six years. And they had Rod Black out East for the most part. I mean, that did shuffle some. It wasn't a hard and fast rule, but it was a good rule of thumb. If you just looked at the standing or the schedule and said Saskatchewan, Calgary, well, that'll be Cuthbert. Toronto, Hamilton, that'd probably Rob Black. You could make that guess and be right most of the time. But now, does TSN go regional and actually solidify that? And and do they, especially given Rod's Dustin Nielsen's part of the new crop that they got coming up? Is he the guy that they're going to elevate to do the Great Cup soon? Is I'm sure Rod Smith's going to call a few for the time being, but where do they go from here? Because there's a lot of different ways they could do this, and it seems like they have a really good talent crop there right now. I've kind of been liking some of these new voices and some of these new combinations. I I, I think it's nice. I think it's always good to have a, a breath of fresh air uh, after a long time. I mean, which is not to say that the old guard is not any good right now because I really like guys like Dwayne Ford um, when he's with a, an appropriate partner. Um, I think it's a plus in any case. All right. Well, let's close the show on that. I'm Oz Davis for my co-host Joe Pritchard. This has been the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL podcast. Enjoy the games. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.